Hi, my name is Peter Mo, and I'm from Tourism Ireland's Nordic office in Copenhagen. Today we will be talking about something unmissable on any trip to the island of Ireland. Food. Specifically, Irish food. We have the perfect person with us here today to enlighten us on Irish food. Suzanne Burns, owner and guide at Conceal Food Tours. Now, Suzanne, you're very welcome to our show today. Would you mind telling our listeners a bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Thank you, Peter, for having me along today. So I've been running the Kinsel Food Tours for over five years now, and it's the first food tour that the town has had, and they're extremely happy about it, as am I. So I run a series of different types of food tours. I run a multi-stop walking town food tour, which is like a walking meal. I might go nice. to, say, a cafe, a deli, um, a restaurant, and a chocolatier. So it has a progression so it's like a walking meal, so people get really well fed. They learn about the really interesting history and food culture of the area. They get to try like traditional Irish food, um, fusion food, which has come more to the fore in recent years from you know people from all over the world coming to live here. And also, also wild food, because wild food is becoming more popular and, and people are getting more connected to, to wild food again, which is wonderful. Um, I also run foraging and picnic tours, so... My background, I'm a marine biologist as well. So we do coastal foraging uh, at a location which is less than 10 minutes drive from Kinsale. It's really pretty. So we look at wild seaweeds and shellfish and plants and also have a gourmet picnic to to have with that. And I have some wild food specially prepared to go with it. So things like soda bread with sea lettuce, seaweed, dillisk cheese um, in a nice creamy cheddar. I also collect sugar kelp and I give it to the local chocolatier and he dries and covers in dark chocolate and have like flowers and salads and like nettle teas and things like that so people can really see how the foods can be utilized in a day-to-day setting. And then I also do... That sounds really nice. Thank you. <laughs> and I also do um, a luxury tour. It's a private yacht picnic charter. So I'm working with a local sailing company called Sovereign and we have access to these private yachts. So I have a 48-foot yacht and a catamaran and we go out in a half-day wow. sailing and have a gourmet picnic on board like in seafood and really nice paired drinks from um, our local meadery, our local brew house, uh, our cider maker, our really nice wines, Prosecco. And they can like sail the boat if they want. They can take a dip in the ocean. They can lie back and relax. So. Susanna, it sounds like you're living the life in uh, Kinsale. It sounds like a lovely place. You have everything. It's incredible. Yeah. But you mentioned they're really fast. So what what is what is Irish food then? Is there what is traditional Irish food? Well, I suppose when a lot of people think of Irish food, they think of obviously potatoes. They think of seafood, dairy. Mm-hmm. Like potatoes are actually not a traditional Irish food. Really, they actually came in in the late 1500s from Peru. And people sort of slowly adopted them and then they sort of took over. But I mean, we're really known for our seafood because like nowhere in Ireland is more than say an hour, an hour and a half from the coast. So seafood is really important and prevalent. We have a sort of love-hate relationship with seafood. Uh, I think a lot of us would have grown up with as Catholics, like fish on Friday and you made eat fish and a lot of us didn't like it because we were usually given fish fingers but ah, okay, fair enough. it's really come on in le- leap and bounds and like people are doing really incredible things with seafood in Ireland and as you get older you realize actually the quality and the diversity of the fish in Ireland and the seafood and the shellfish is amazing and the dairy as well because you know all of our cows they're out in the open they're it's all grass-fed so the quality of the milk and the cream and the cheese is and the meat is like unparalleled Fair enough. So that would be the more traditional food is then the fish and the meat and cheese. 
So Suzanne, what would be an example of a modern Irish dish? So a lot of the dishes that have been sort of influenced by other countries or cultures that have, you know, settled here, particularly in relation to seafood. So there's like there's a couple of restaurants that do really great things and one of them does like Max's does this Balanras ceviche. Yeah. So Balanras is a is this like this fish that um actually the local restaurateur he actually spearfishes for himself. Oh, wow. And he'll do this amazing ceviche. So like normally this fish would be, you know, cooked maybe just on the pan um, or grilled, but like he's actually incorporated into this incredible um, Mexican dish. And another thing which has become very popular in all over Ireland, but it's very much a French influence, is a moule marinier. So, you know, yeah. mussels cooked in a white wine and cream sauce with garlic. That's almost become so commonplace here that I think we we almost think it's part of our normal diet as well. So there's been so many influences over the years, both recent and and you know a bit further past. Oh, I have to say I love mulmania. It's it's one of my favorite dishes. I love fish. I love mussels. Yeah, but Ireland just, Ireland is basically perfect for me. So uh, that's you're just going to have to come back. <laughs> I I always try to. Excellent. But what should people look out for when looking for food in Ireland? Do you have any tips for, uh, as a tour guide, someone who obviously knows their way around food? What what would you recommend looking out for when looking for food in Ireland? I think the shellfish here is incredible. Like the crab, mm. the lobster, and the white fish, like the, the haddock, the hake, cod, things like that. Like just a lot of times like cooked really simply, you know, done in maybe just butter or garlic butter or just squeeze a lemon. But because of the fact that it's literally out of the sea, it just tastes amazing. Or like say fresh crab salad with like soda bread, you know, the traditional Irish bread with like lashings of butter on it. Just absolutely amazing. Just really simple, but just really hearty. And obviously, you know, really good Irish stew as well. Um, You know, like hearty, hearty food. And also, like our seafood chowder, they're really creamy and they're like packed full of seafood. A lot of people, particularly from America that come here, they they have chowders in the States and they, you know, they said they're full of potatoes, but here they're actually full of seafood. So I would highly recommend foods like that. And the cheeses, the cheeses are wonderful. I have to say chowder, Irish chowder is is by far my favorite yeah. when I visit the island. It's what I yeah. always go for. No, it's, it's a... It's it's really, really good. And we even have a chowder cook-off in Kinsale. They actually have all of the chowders from all over Ireland compete from all the counties, the 32 counties. So we have a whole weekend like of festivities around chowder. Oh, nice. So are there, so do chowders vary then depending on county? They do a certain amount, but I mean, a, a typical Irish chowder tends to be more cream-based, whereas mm. chowders from other countries sometimes have like tomatoes and things like that, but ours is more rich i suppose it you know it's mirroring the the weather you have cold weather and you want really warming hearty rich food fattening fatty food fair enough so would that be a good example of an irish staple food chowder would be more of something you'd have occasionally i suppose a staple food um would be you know meat and potatoes like beef lamb you know lots of potatoes lots of Lots of vegetables like carrots and broccoli, turnips. Well, not so much turnips now. People don't like it as much, but that would be very typical <laughs> Irish food. And things like sausage rolls, which are like they're Trills. more like a, a a morning after food. So if you've been out the night before <laughs> and you've had a few drinks, and then you just have a nice like sausage roll, like big we'd say a dirty sausage roll, and you have that, and it's just like the best food for soakage ever. <laughs> well, that's a good tip. I mean, 
At some point, yeah. someone is probably going to have a hangover uh, if you've had too many Guinness. When in Ireland, yeah. yeah. So that's a good tip there. Go for a go for a sausage. What? Yeah. But you mentioned and actually fried breakfast too. Oh, fried breakfast. Yeah, that's nice as well. So, yeah. Yeah. what are the traditional Irish ingredients? I'm guessing it's lamb and beef and yeah, lamb, beef, like butter, cream, cheese, honey. And like wheat based products as well, and like the soda bread as well. But yeah, they'd be they'd be the main ingredients, and obviously seafood as well. But more fish than shellfish. We we don't tend to eat as much shellfish in Ireland, particularly you know like the cockles and mussels, mm. the whelks, things like that. They tend to be exported, but they'd be sort of the the core ingredients. And obviously potatoes. You can't go anywhere in Ireland without a potato being on the menu in many iterations. Fair enough. Fair enough. But are uh, are whelks and and the mussels and all that are they then the new Irish ingredients or rediscovered Irish ingredients? They're still not being really brought into the diet as much. They're still being exported. But I would definitely say things like seaweed, um, mushrooms, and also wild garlic. They're definitely ingredients mm. that are really coming more to the fore. So um, seaweeds are you know starting to appear in a lot more dishes. Things like sea lettuce can it's green seaweed. You can see it in yeah. like salads. You can see it in things like bread and things like that. Then the dillus I was mentioning, that's being used um, more savory because it's actually like a, a red seaweed and it's very high protein content. They actually used to use it as a, a meat substitute in Ireland in the past really? if they were out to sea to fish and they couldn't. Yeah, if they couldn't get to sea, if it was too stormy, they'd actually use uh, the red seaweed as a meat substitute because it's got about 50 grams of protein per 100 grams. So you can like dry it and you can eat it like a jerky or you can actually like add it to a stew and give it like a meaty, bacony flavor. You can flash fry it, have it like a a faken, a fake bacon. Um, And like wild garlic is becoming really popular. So, you know, there's a season for us. So usually we'd be growing during springtime. And loads of people now are foraging for a lot. So they use it a lot to make pestos or have it as a pretty plant on the side of your dish that you can eat. And it's got quite a pungent onion flavor. Definitely. I mean, I'm assuming wild onion is ramson. Well, we call it wild garlic. Yeah. yeah fair enough. But it's, 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 it tastes more oniony than garlic, but they call it wild garlic here. And then you've got mushrooms as well. Foraging for mushrooms has become a lot more popular. But, you know, there's definitely people who are experts at it and it's obviously something you have to do with a high level of care because you know obviously. if you get the wrong mushroom species you could be in trouble yeah definitely don't go out especially to a foreign country and forage for mushrooms without a local expert because they obviously vary from country to country and with many different species Absolutely. yeah um yes for sure i'm intrigued about the red kelp was it the the dillisk, so um, yeah, it's from the Irish word dulishka, which means the leaf of the water. So oh. it's uh, it's called dulse or dillisk, depending on the part of the country you're in. So yeah, it's it's like a really, it was a real staple, particularly on the west and the northwest of Ireland. And some of the fishing communities would still depend on it. But there's, you know, huge parts of Ireland where that sort of foraging tradition or that coastal foraging tradition isn't really as commonplace anymore. There's a lady uh, in Sligo called Prani Rashkin, and she's sort of a great proponent of seaweed and you know she's from a long sort of family line where they would have done a lot of foraging and still do so but there's actually a an acid in it in the red seaweed called kynic acid which they would have used in the past even to help kids if they had um things like threadworms um you know in their yeah. system they actually help clear it from their body 
yeah, so you know, a lot of the the seaweeds not only have they're good for food, but they also have medicinal or, you know, they're very high in, like higher in nutrients than any plant-based equivalents. But sometimes so much so that you have to be careful not to eat too much because like the brown seaweeds have very high levels of iodine. So they're not really good for people sort of with thyroid issues. Fair and right. also your, your gut has to sort of get accustomed to processing seaweed. So if you start to want to eat seaweed regularly, you actually, it's better to have a small amount, maybe once or twice a week for your body to learn to assimilate it properly. Fair enough. Is there anywhere where you would recommend that you could go and try seaweed in Ireland? I think that would be mm -hmm. fun. Um, so do you mean to, to go out yourself or to try it in a venue? I think try it in a venue. That's probably the first step for many people. Yeah, well... <laughs> At I least mean, that would be my first step. Yeah, like there are there are venues in Kinsale that incorporate seaweed yeah. into their dishes. So they do so in Max's restaurant, um, which is really nice. They do French cuisine. It's really wonderful. A lot of the Michelin star restaurants in Ireland now are really beginning to, you know, focus a lot or have been focusing a lot on seaweed in their in their menus as well, because a lot of them are working on a seasonal pattern. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the seaweeds are really growing well over the, you know, from the spring right through to the autumn. And actually another seaweed uh, around the dillisk that just that you'd mentioned is pepper dillisk, which is a, a red seaweed too, but it's teeny tiny and they call it the white truffle. And it's got oh. like, you can only, you could eat like, you know, like a fingernail or less of it and depending on your taste buds it could taste like really pungent garlic it could taste like pepper it could taste like fish and it's like it can repeat on you for like hours after but uh, chefs in some of the top restaurants in the world love this stuff because you only need a tiny amount and it gives this incredible flavor to the food i have to try that that yeah that sounds so cool yeah i am uh -huh. I, I get garlic from it and it's like, it's super strong, but like next time you're over in Ireland, I'll introduce you to some. I'd love that. Do you know anywhere where you could buy it though in Ireland? Is that something that's available anywhere or I, is it only for foraging? It's, it's so tiny that I, you know, it would be impossible to even propagate or to grow in mass. Oh, okay. It's, it, and it's, it's really hard to find. You really need to know your stuff. Uh, luckily i know my stuff so i can find it but like i have I to say that that's the best plug you can give for yourself because <laughs> if you want to try this amazing thing yeah. that tastes different for each person yeah only one way to do it you have to get in touch with Suzanne from yeah never thought of it that course. way but it's true <laughs> um but like i would literally you know collect maybe uh you know i don't know a, a large coin sized amount mm -hmm. and i would dry it and that would do me for the for the year almost because i would literally just use a speck all right well that yeah. that kind of uh that kind of leaves me at a good uh, next natural question what food stuff would you recommend people bring home on the plane obviously then you can bring a tiny speck of seaweed because that dries <laughs> even tinier yeah but uh any other I, good ideas i think um like some of the smoked fish and meats here like there's really, really amazing smokehouses. A local one that we have is called Umara, just in Timalik, just at the beginning of West Cork. And Anthony there, Anthony Cresswell, he does amazing smoked salmon and duck and beef and chicken. Nice. It's really good. So, and obviously because it's smoked, it's like vacuum packed and you can take it home really easily. The cheeses as well. We have like over 65 artisanal cheesemakers in Ireland and, you know, ranging from like cow's cheese, goat's cheese, sheep's cheese, you know, soft medium hard but ones that you know i said the one cargo line they do the seaweed cheese which is amazing it's very hard to get a seaweed cheese in ireland so I definitely recommend that also gabine in west cork and skull they do phenomenal cheeses and they were also starting to make 
like chorizos and charcuterie meats as well. Like our, you wouldn't think of Ireland oh, as being nice. a place for charcuterie meats, but because we've really good meat and people are have learned all these new techniques, you know, so there's definitely progressions with that. And uh, yeah, if you can manage to get a, a slab of butter home on the plane as well, I would definitely recommend you bring <laughs> home some butter. And bacon too. Our bacon is phenomenal. So like vacuum pack all the way. And also, I mean, I have to plug the locals because the locals in Kinsale are amazing. But also we have Frank Keane from Coco's Chocolate Shop and he does the most unbelievably wonderful chocolates. And like his truffles are so boozy. You'll like... They're just mm, really good. Nice. Um, and his he makes them with all like natural products like honey and cream and butter. And they actually keep for up to six weeks out of the fridge. So, yeah. That's not bad at all. No. So you've talked a bit about what you can bring back from Ireland. Is there any dish you would recommend that people try cooking at home? Either um, after their trip or in preparation for their trip? I I definitely say you got to try making a stew. You know, if you want to like get a sense of Ireland, it, it has to start with the stew. So, you know, get some really nice meat, some lamb, beef and carrots and onions and potato and like make a good stock from the meat as well. And then like top it off with lovely layer of like potatoes that you maybe cook in the oven and you put on top at the <laughs> end. Yeah. Like a stew is like a warm hug in your stomach. And yeah. it's like it's a feeling of comfort. It's a feeling of home. So I think that's a really nice way of bringing a bit of Ireland into your kitchen. Definitely. An Irish stew sounds like a fabulous thing to try and cook at home. Yeah. Then I'd like to ask, Suzanne, what would be your favorite uh, food? What's your favorite dish, Irish dish? Uh, I love monkfish. So monkfish. Okay. It's, a, it's this crazy looking deep sea fish. Um, it looks like something from a horror movie. But it tastes absolutely fantastic. The one with a giant, giant mouth? Yeah, yeah, needle teeth. Like flat, giant mouth, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. But you only eat the tail, um, which is sort of crazy. But the meat, it's sort of like a really gentle white steak. Yeah. Just like it's it's soft and it's really mild. But if you, you know, you can just fry it, you can grill it, bake it in the oven. And because it's so delicate, it... If you add any flavors to it, it like imbues the food with a really amazing taste. So it's it's very versatile, and I just I love that with things like just a fresh salad and good Irish fluffy potatoes, and then like cooked into say potato gratin with that on the side. And actually, yeah, if you're talking about fusion food, potato gratin would be a perfect, you know, version of that, like a French take on on your spud. Fair enough. Fair enough. That that sounds really lovely. I have to say myself, I, I love fish. So uh, I always get that when I'm on the island, almost exclusively. So what is the regional food from Cork then? The regional, more traditional foods would be things like uh, black pudding and tripe and jasheen, which are all very much based around like animal stomach and things like that. But we tend to nowadays go for for things like more like based around seafood. So, you know, fresh fish and really good lamb and beef and obviously just the cheeses and even the breads like amazing soda bread seeded loaves you know seaweed breads just various versions of the the original but people getting more and more creative and actually people are doing a treacle soda now as well which is really nice you're getting a sweet soda which okay. is really really good that sounds absolutely lovely are uh, 
Are there any Irish words or sayings that you might share for when people come and, and eat in Ireland? Well, I mean, Sláinte would be the very well-known one. It actually translates to mean health. So if I was, say, having a, a drink with you, I would say Sláinte to you, and you would say Sláinte wa back to me, so it's good health back to you. We say things like togabugge, which means, you know, take it easy, chill out. We also, uh, you know, if you say to someone, how are you doing? And the person says, I'm grand. Grand can mean everything from I'm absolutely amazing to I'm terrible. And <laughs> you won't necessarily know how the person really is. So you sometimes have to try and decipher that from their like facial expression. And that so it's won't context even dependent. always work. Yeah. And you still may never get the answer, <laughs> the real answer. Okay. So it's a, it's oh, a good catch-all. You can just say that and uh, yeah. <laughs> no one will. Yeah. Are you having the crack as well is another one, which a lot of people get very confused about when you say, are you having the crack? It's like, there's nothing dodgy about it. It just means like, you're enjoying yourself, you're having a good time, you're having the crack. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Yeah. And then my final question here, Suzanne, um, where and how can our listeners get in contact with you to find more about what you offer and come and try so, some of that seaweed that you told yeah. us about? So um, the the food tour, the website is based on the name of the town. So it's kinsalefoodtours.com. So kinsale is K-I-N-S-A-L-E, all one word. So yeah, all my details are there. So would love to, to hear more from me. And um, thank you so much, Peter, for your time. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Likewise, Suzanne. It was an absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm.